that you would take this morning. The part of this morning that we are hanging on to, Lord, I pray that you would rip that from our grip. Um, Lord, I know you to be a very, you're, you're a gentleman. <laughs> so even, even as I pray that prayer, I'm, I'm convicted on the fact that you would never even, you wouldn't necessarily rip it from us as much as you're just asking for us to give this morning to you. Lord, you're asking us to lay it down. You're asking us to um, simply just, through the way that we worship, through the way that we communicate to you, uh, just show you how much we need you, how much we just want to step into your presence this morning. Lord, if you want to completely change the agenda today, I pray that you would do it. I don't have to preach what I'm going to preach, Lord. We want what the Spirit wants this morning. We want the the word to come through and for the spirit to help us interpret the word. Lord, it has nothing to do with us this morning. Today is a day that you've made and we're going to rejoice and be glad in it. Lord, because we woke up. But we say all those things, Lord, knowing that you're a God who can change the landscape at any moment. You can expose things at any moment. But Lord, it's it's at the end of the day, the beginning of the day, every minute in between, it's about you. I pray that we never lose sight of that, ever. And this morning, Lord, we, we fix our gaze on you. And we're not going to stop until you move. We're just going to be patient. We're just going to wait for the Spirit. We're going to fix our gaze on you and look at you. And when, when you move, Lord, then we're going to move. But we pray for your spirit to be here this morning. Lord, we need you. We love you. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. You can be seated. You can be seated. Good. Welcome. I know that today's kind of an interesting day. Something might be going on later on. I have no idea what. I don't know why everybody in here is wearing orange. That's kind of weird. Did you guys coordinate that today? What's that about? <laughs> I sure didn't. Everyone thinks I'm voting for or going for Carolina because I got the blue on. Uh, just, you know, back up. All right. I'm a Broncos fan by association, um, by default. But welcome this morning. I know today is Super Bowl Sunday. Um, and as I was walking in here, I was thinking, um, you know, at some point, there's going to be stadiums full of people screaming for Jesus. And I, I want that so bad. That, you know, the Super Bowl is great. It's awesome. But I don't remember who won 20 years ago. And if you do, don't shout that out and make me feel bad. But I just don't. Um, because at the same time, it's a great day. It's a fun day. So a lot of times, it's more about the commercials than it is about the game. Commercials are funny. But you just, then what? You know, at... Whatever, when you, when you lay your head on the pillow today, uh, wake up tomorrow, cool, everybody's going to be talking about it, but if, a week from now, then what, you know? So, you know, have fun, uh, enjoy yourself, but what I'm hoping and praying for is that if you attend some kind of gathering for this, for this football game, that at some point the Lord taps on your heart to maybe go share the gospel with somebody. Because honestly, it's about Jesus. <laughs> it's not about a pigskin that gets advanced a certain amount of times and past the goal line. Amen? Like, it's about Jesus. So let's just not forget that to, today. 
Because for me, I want to win. I want to win. Today is game day for me. But I want to win souls for Jesus. Amen? And I'm hoping that, no, I'm not hoping, I'm praying fervently that we have, we all have the same heart. So don't hear me, you know, downplaying the Super Bowl. I just, you know, I got to speak to it <laughs> because it's Super Bowl Sunday. But, you know, every Sunday for me is game day. Every day is game day because, well, um, if you really want to think about it in, in biblical, in a biblical sense, we're in, we're in a battle every single day. And I want to win. I hope you guys want to win. There's a battle for your soul, for your, for your mind, for your heart every single day. And so, um, yeah, that's done. Got to get that out of the way. Super Bowl off the table. Now we're talking about Jesus. Amen. So we're we're kind of continuing in in Nehemiah. And guys, the first couple times I got up here and said that it may take us a while to get through this. It's going to take a while because we're not even going through all of verse six. We're going through verse six a. All right. And that's okay. We're going to slow down. We're going to pick this thing apart and. Um, if I can get Nehemiah 1, 6 up there, I'm just going to read it and then, you know, kind of do this little, so intro and then get into what we're going to be looking at today. But it says, please let your ear be attentive and your eyes open that you may hear the prayer of your servant, which I pray before you now, day and night for the children of Israel, your servants. Now. That's all of verse 6. Verse 6a, what I'm lumping into A, is please let your ears be attentive and your eyes open, that you may hear the prayer of your servant, which I pray before you now. We're looking at that half of it. We're going to break it up into two, two sections. Um, so we're looking at this, this first part, but to, to kind of get us to that point, We've seen that the Lord is working in Nehemiah in a way that he's saying, I've called you to do something, but I got to do something in you before I do it through you. And then he brings him to the realization of the importance of prayer um, and taking up that powerful weapon and using it and swinging it, but swinging it from a place of the promise rather than the rubble. That's what we looked at in verse five, that he prayed from a place of saying, you preserve your covenant. For though and loving kindness for those who love you, um, that was after. Uh, I don't know if we have. Do we have verse five up there at all? If not, I can just read it. But it says, "I beseech you, O Lord God of heaven, the great and awesome God, who preserves the covenant and loving kindness for those who love Him and keep His commandments." We picked that apart last week, and a lot of that had to do with this adoration. He opens up his prayer by saying, "Look, Lord, I fear you." And here's how I fear you. I'm going to speak to you according to who you are. I'm going to speak back to you your character. And what that's going to do is it's going to allow me to tether myself to the word. That in this moment of being emotionally all over the place, I'm going to come back to the foundation of the word and who you are in my life. That's, that's what verse 5, that's what we looked at last week. Um, two weeks ago, I'm sorry. And then last week, I made the statement that, you know, the unchangeable unchangeableness of the God that we serve. Do you realize that the God that you serve is unchangeable in everything that he does? Meaning that if he preserves the covenant for those who love him, that means when we step outside of that love, 
we are subject to the consequences of that choice. So the Lord that we serve, he's unchangeable. But when we're inside of, as Beck was kind of saying, these boundaries, they're, they're spiritual boundaries. They're boundaries set up by the Lord that when we're inside of that, there's an operation that is way beyond anything we could ever conjure up, way beyond anything we could ever make happen. But it's within the boundaries of the spirit. It's within the boundaries of the word. Um, our emotions kind of go all over the place when we get outside of that. So it brings us... It brings us to today. And, you know, we saw Nehemiah kind of get himself in a place where he fears the Lord. He's coming from a correct place. He's gotten through this adoration thing that we talked about. Um, I gave you that acronym, ACTS, ACTS, Adoration, Confession, Thanksgiving, and Supplication. When it comes to prayer, we see that in this this entire prayer here. But we get to a place where he... and I don't know, I don't think that's the NASB version. But what I have in the NASB, I, I like it. I'm just going to read it. It's the first five, four words. It says, let your ear now be attentive. Now, we see that word and it's kind of like, I'm thinking Nehemiah, he's gotten through all this stuff. He's got his heart in the right place. Now he's just going to let it out. Now he's just going to pour out his his heart in front of the Lord. And, and say, here's what I need. Here's Here are the things that um, I need you to come through for me on. And he doesn't do that. He doesn't just let all of that stuff out. He continues in the very posture of heart that got him to where he is in the first place. And let me let me... Let me ask you guys a question. Have you ever been praying and whether it's 20 seconds or five minutes in, you find yourself thinking and thinking about stuff that has nothing to do with your prayer? You're like, Lord, I just I just need this strength. Lord, please allow me to get through this situation and, you know, strength is good. And I really wish I had enough strength to put up 250 the other day in the gym. And my goodness. Probably means it means I need to eat more protein. I didn't go to the store. Oh, I saw that one person at the store, blah, blah, blah. And by the, halfway through, you're like, what, what, what am I doing? Yeah. Lord, I'm sorry. Let me get back to praying. Now, see, we, we can get distracted. And what I see Nehemiah stepping into right here is he's, he's not willing to let himself get distracted. And what does he do? He continues in the same posture of heart of speaking and trying to how do I say this? Um, petition for the gaze of the Father. He, he's continuing in in the character of who God is, saying, "I'm going to ask you for your character in this moment." Now, the title of this says, "Fix your gaze and pray until." Now, let your ear be attentive. Now, let your ear be attentive and your eyes open. That you may hear the prayer of your servant, which I pray before you now. We saw in verse 5, I'm going to touch on verse 5, make a point there, and then come back to verse 6. That in verse 5, he said, I beseech you. Basically saying, I need you to do something according to your character. Now, when we see in verse in verse uh, 6a, he says, your ear, he's talking about, um, let your ear hear and your eyes see. 
So he's asking him to see and hear also according to his character. We see the adoration up until this point through verse 5, verse five uh, which in verse 5, it encap- encapsulates, if I say that right, right, encapsulates, wow, the entire circumstance that Nehemiah is in, in a whole, like bird's eye view, everything. I beseech you to do something. Just, Lord, whatever it is, do something. Now then, he says, I need you to look and I need you to hear me. So now it's getting a little bit more personal. He spent time saying, you know what? As a whole, Lord, I'm, I'm praying for your, your hand to be on this thing. Urgently and fervently asking you to show up according to your character. Now I'm asking you to urgently and fervently show up according to what I'm about to ask you. Now, for me, it's easy to pray for other people and kind of just let it out for them. And this is me being a little bit vulnerable about my prayer life. Sometimes it's hard for me to pray for me. But I'm just as important. The other, flip it on the other side. It's easy for us to pray for ourselves sometimes. It's harder to pray for others. He gets at both of them in the, in, in these first few verses. Now what I'm, what I'm trying to get at here is that he's coming from the viewpoint, and I already said this, of petitioning for the Father's gaze. He's literally saying, I need you to look at this and I need you to hear me. Now, in my head, I'm wondering, where do we see Jesus do this? Is the gospel in this? Do we see the gospel in these few verses? And initially, when you read it, it's kind of like, mm, if you stretch and stretch, maybe you might be able to. But eh, I think it's closer than we think. This verse took me back to John 5.19. John 5.19 says, I only do what I see my father doing. Jesus is gazing at the Father, looking at the Father, and the, he says, I am only, and this is in response to his disciples, he says, I'm not going to do anything except that which my Father is doing. There's a, there's details that are given there, there's discernment that's given there, that's wisdom that's given there, because he doesn't need to go outside of what his Father is doing. But I take that one step further. And if Jesus is looking at the Father, that means the Father is looking at something. I want to know what the Father is looking at. Because here we see Nehemiah asking the Father to look at him. So within the character of God, what is it that God can look at? What does the word say about the Father's gaze that Nehemiah is stepping into praying the Lord's character? He's asking for him to look at this situation. Why? That's what Jesus did. Jesus was looking at the Father. Okay, well, the Father was looking at something. At some point, the Father is going to tell Jesus to look at what I am looking at. Does that make sense? Are you guys with me? Okay, so the cross-references for Nehemiah five, uh, 1-6 are interesting because my heart went to John five nineteen, But the Scripture takes us somewhere that gives us more an in-depth look at what the Father is looking at. And that is in, if you can, turn with me to Psalms 34. 
It says, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their cry. Now, I've had it explained to me, you know, Beck is, he, he, he walks in the office of a teacher. Um, he knows how to break down the word in some crazy ways. Get to that Wednesday night Bible study, do it. Um, but he just communicated to me that most of the Old Testament is interpreted in Hebrew. Most of the New Testament, with the exception of Hebrews, yeah, we don't have time to get into it, <laughs> is Greek. All right. So if we go back to verse 5, it says, the Lord preserves the covenant. What covenant are we under now? Are we under the Old Covenant or the New Covenant? We're under the New Covenant, which is the majority of the New Testament. So a New Testament Greek interpretation of the word righteous is that which God has approved. It's divine approval. So when it says the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, the eyes of the Lord are on that which he has approved. There's divine approval. Goes on and says his ears are open to their cry. That gives me an idea of what the Lord is looking at. So if I go back to John 5, 19, Jesus does nothing except what he sees his father doing. That means his father is gazed or his attention is on something. And we come back to Psalms 34, 15, and it says that the characteristic of the Lord, a characteristic of the Lord and what he looks at, what he gazes at is those things that are righteous, those things that he approves. So how do I take that back? How do we take that back into Nehemiah 1, 6? Nehemiah is literally petitioning for the approval of God in his prayer. He's petitioning for the divine approval of what's coming out of his mouth. He's saying, Lord, look at this. Lord, see this, hear this. Now, my question to us is, do we start there or do we end there? Because sometimes we can pray about stuff and not hear an answer, but the fact that we've prayed about it, we say, oh, we're good. I'm going to get up. I'm going to go do it. Or we don't pray at all. We jump into the situation and then four or five, whatever, weeks, minutes, months, I don't know, into that situation, we say, Lord, bless this. Can you bless my decision? Now, see, what I see Nehemiah doing is he's continuing in the same thing that got him to this point, praying through the Lord's character. He just says, all I need you to do is I need you to hear me, and I need you to see this, and I need your approval before I jump into this. One more thing. To take it a step further, turn to Psalms 33. This is another cross-reference for this verse. Psalms 33, 18. It says, Behold, the eyes of the Lord. Gives us more detail on what the Lord is looking at. The eyes of the Lord is on those who fear him. And on those who hope in his mercy. Now my um, translation says, Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope for his loving kindness. There's that word loving kindness. Where did we read that? 
We read that in verse 5, right? So here's more <laughs> of how this connects to verse 5 and verse 6. I remember telling you guys two weeks ago, maybe last week as well, probably two weeks ago, when I put this whole ACTS acronym out in front of you, that here is a structure. If you don't necessarily know how to jump into prayer, here's kind of somewhere where you can start. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. But what I did say was that you don't have to start with adoration every single time. You don't have to start. You can start with confession. Sometimes you just need to let it out. <laughs> Lord, I'm wrong. Sometimes something happens in your life and you just want to throw your hands up and just thank him. doesn't mean you have to get on your knees and you know confess all the things you've done wrong before you start thanking him. That's not it. And you can ask him for things. Matthew 7, 7, knock and the door will be answered. What we're doing is we're, ta- we're, we're taking prayer and we're lifting, we're pulling it up. And we're saying, what's underneath all of this? And I believe 3318 gives us more of an idea of what's underneath it. He says, no matter what you're doing, when you speak to me, if you have the fear of the Lord, I'll listen. If that's in you, and I'll search you. (laughs) If that's in you, confess whenever you want. If when you're speaking to me and there's this unbelievable thankfulness in you, you've been broken to the point where the product of brokenness is gratitude. All you want to do is be thankful. If you fear me, I'll hear you. Verse 5 says, I preserve the covenant and loving kindness for those who love me. This speaks to that. He uses the word loving kindness at the end of verse 33, um, what is it, 15, 18, excuse me. Behold the eyes of the Lord and those who, uh, the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him. And he, the eyes of the Lord are on those who have a hope. There's that word hope for his loving kindness. Last week I said, do you pray from the rubble or do you pray from the promise? Praying from the promise is praying and hoping in his loving kindness. What he's saying is that I see those who pray from the promise. I want to put my eyes on that which I have approved. I have approved my promise. I'm going to look at you, Nehemiah. I'm going to look at you, Beck. I'm going to look at you, Mom. (laughs) Rudisils. Because... Your heart is in a place where you are simply looking for God's approval. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we live in a world where if there was a bucket right here with the word ego on it, all of the things that we shovel into that thing, the amount of likes that you get on something on social media or people retweeting your tweets, that's just a weird phrase in and of itself. Shouldn't even be saying that from the pulpit. (laughs) There are so many things that we seek approval from. But do we start with the righteous? Do we start with that which God has approved? When we start there, obviously we're going to end in a place that is divinely orchestrated, divinely inspired. So the process in between... I'm not saying it's easier. Don't hear me say that. 
But what I'm saying is the process from start to finish, you can have peace in that. My question to you this morning is, do you want peace? If the answer is yes, are you seeking his approval? If the answer is yes to that, do you fear him? You guys are going to hear me say that a lot. I'm just going to keep asking. Do you fear Do you fear him? Do you fear the Lord enough to just want his approval and nobody else's approval? What I'm hoping that this message does, what it shows us, is that Nehemiah didn't get distracted in his prayer. He didn't get distracted in his pursuit of hearing the Lord's voice. Whereas, I can throw my hand up and say that I get distracted a lot when he doesn't answer right away. Well, is it because I'm seeking my approval in the timeline? Or am I seeking his approval in the fact that he's in time, on time, every time, no matter the fact, no matter what's going on? You guys trucking with me on that? So when I look at the title of this message... It says, fix your gaze. And then it says, pray until. There's a part of this, that, this message that I didn't, I didn't know if I wanted to hit this yet. Because when I say we're looking at verse 6a, and I take five-sixths of the verse and call that a, instead of breaking it up, this is just, a, this is just one more piece to this. That I feel like it's okay. The Lord is saying it's okay for me to say this this morning. It says pray until. When I have put my eyes. Fixed my gaze on the Lord. Because the Lord has fixed his gaze on the things that are righteous. The things that he has approved. Why wouldn't I do the same. If I'm trying to be like Jesus. Fix my eyes on the things that are divinely. uh, Have been divinely approved. And then. Your eyes open and the prayer of your servant, which I am praying before you now. It says day and night. Day and night. Pray until it happens. Let me encourage you this morning. Pray until something happens. Pray until God moves. Pray until the spirit arrests you in a, in a, in a fashion that causes you to move in a way that you never had before. And it's scary and it's uncomfortable. But guess what? God's in it. Because he's approved it. And you're going to be okay. So the fear is going to come down as you step in. A lot of times, ladies and gentlemen, you're not going to be ready for it. But when you're in the Word, you'll be prepared. You'll be prepared to step into it. But you pray until the Lord does something. Why do we back off of that? I prayed for a week, Lord. Oh, my goodness, nothing happened. Well, pray for another week. Nehemiah prayed for four months before he got what he needed in order to get up and go to Jerusalem and rebuild this wall. Pray for the Lord's approval in your situation, in your life, until you see him either approve of it or not. If he doesn't approve of it, move on. (laughs) Don't spend time trying to dress it up and put lights on it and streamers and birthday cakes and balloons, just to say, Lord, here's this great thing that I've done. He's saying, I love you. 
I really do. But step into that which I have approved because it's way better than any cake bloom streamer party you can come up with. Are you guys trucking with me on that this morning? It's going to take some time. Sometimes it might happen right away. But who are we to say that because I prayed for five days, five minutes, five months, five years, that that was enough? Are we easily moved because of the time that it takes? That's, a, that's what I want to kind of put in front of us this morning. So as a whole, from start to finish, are you guys, are you guys with me? I mean, if you're not, tell me. But do you understand what I'm saying? You understand that Nehemiah, he's not moving. He's not getting distracted. He's simply saying, Lord, I need you to show up for me here. Because what you're looking at, I know is divinely approved. So I need your divine approval in the process in which I'm doing this. Please look at what I'm doing and just approve of it. Because I know before I go to Jerusalem, if you approve of it, there's no way anybody can stand against me. Anybody. Do you have that in you when you pray? If not, just ask for it. He'll give it to you. If not, spend time in the word realizing that God that you serve. He's unchangeable. He doesn't move his eyes from the righteous. But if we're under the new covenant, we're trying to be like Jesus. Jesus does nothing but what he sees his father doing. Can we be like that? I think yes, but you can't do it on your own. <laughs> I'm making like 38 different points right now. I'm sorry. I'm just rolling. But we can't. He, here's something I was, I was speaking to one of our, our my disciples, this, not my disciples, someone who I am discipling. I got to use the, the correct language there. Um, this week, and this verse, or I guess this idea that the Lord will never put anything in front of you that you can't handle, that, that gets taken out of context. Because what he's saying is that the reason why I'm putting that in front of you is not so that you can realize in and of yourself that you are capable of getting on the other side of that thing by yourself. Don't don't take that verse there. Don't take that interpretation there. What he's saying is, yeah, I'm never going to allow you to go through something that you can't handle. Why? Because I'm going to be right there in the fire with you. Right there in the fire with you. Um, I'm about to just go off this morning. Sorry, guys. Um, I want to stay within Nehemiah. Yeah, and I'm going to do that. (laughs) I'm going to do that this morning. (laughs) But whatever you're looking at, whatever holds your attention, I hope it's Jesus. I hope it's the Lord. Two weeks ago, I think I said anything other than that is pure entertainment. You guys are about to watch a football game today. And it'll, at some point, those that clock is going to click to zero. It's going to be fun, hopefully, if the Broncos win. You know, as my dad always says, we have counseling. I don't know who's going to head that up. I'm not going to head up that counseling. You just need to get over it. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> But yeah, whatever holds your attention, I hope it's the Lord because that's the only thing that is approved, honestly, approved by him. Do you seek this divine approval? And if you don't, you know what? Today could be your day to switch that. 
Let me get the worship team and the uh, let's get prepared for our offering this morning. Uh, we're just going to figure out, kind of listen to what the Lord has for us in the closing of today's service. That I will ask you to search yourself this morning. And ask yourself, do I go after the approval of the Lord? Do I ask him to look at my situation and approve of it before I step into it rather than stepping into something that I think is good? But guess what? Everything that glitters isn't gold. Then after the fact, ask the Lord to bless it. Which which track are we on? Really search yourself for that this morning. No matter where you're at. Uh, Today's a good day because we're also doing communion. <laughs> and a communion is a time for you to get yourself kind of centered back on the Lord. We understand why we do communion. We're going to bring that up here as well. Um, well, let's, let's, let's take up our offering first and then we'll do, we'll do communion.